So I wanted to spend some time this evening talking about change um, and how when we're faced with change, uh, that sometimes comes with a sense of wanting to go back to the way that things used to be. And what brought this topic to mind was a, a drive I took a few weeks ago. Um, I, I drove by an old golf course, Freeport golf course in Lebanon County. Um, it was always a very small golf course. Uh, it wasn't that great. Um, but it was where I, I kind of learned to play and I, I spent a lot of time there golfing with my dad and sometimes with my uncle and, um, and I knew that this golf course had shut down a number of years ago, but I'd never driven by there. Um, and where I was going took me past that golf course. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to pass this golf course. I wonder what it looks like now. And I looked at it and it was just fields. It was just grass, you know, and it's winter right now. So it was just brown grass, um, completely overgrown, you know, no sense of a fairway or a putting green. You know, no signs that there was ever a golf course there. No, you know, flags or, or you know, wooden blocks by the tee boxes. Um, and it made me kind of sad. I had sort of an unexpected, you know, reaction to it because it was a place that I spent a lot of time, um, you know, playing golf with, with my dad. And I had to recognize, you know, seeing it. Wow, it's never coming back that's it's it's gone right and of course it made me very you know nostalgic then and i started thinking about other things that have changed in my life and, and one thing that uh changed more recently um at the start of the pandemic uh you know before the pandemic for years i'd i'd gone to a, a local restaurant with a group of friends and we play trivia there uh wednesday night trivia and we usually did pretty well. Uh, normally in the top three, we won fairly often. Something I looked forward to, you know, good, good food, good friends. And uh, but then when the pandemic came about, you know, the, the last Wednesday there, we thought like maybe we shouldn't. There's a lot of talk about this, uh, you know, this virus. Maybe we should be careful and, and stay home. And then it was canceled. And it's just they've never brought it back. So the last time we played was March 4th, 2020. And, you know, we, we keep talking, like maybe they'll bring back Wednesday night trivia. And I know there's trivia other places, but it's like, you know, we liked being there. It was close. It was a familiar place. And, you know, with the, the pandemic kind of having wound down now, we've even teased one of the owners about it saying like, hey, you think you'll bring it back? Ah, maybe, you know, but I don't know that it'll ever come back. And it's 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 sad to, to think and look back and say, like, wow, that thing that was such a big part of my routine for years may never come back. And and honestly, you know, in, in the context of the pandemic, I think that's true of a lot of things. You know, we've lost a lot of things over the last three years, you know, apart from the, the human cost of it. Uh, for those of us still here, you know, we've we've lost, uh, you know, a lot of businesses have closed. A lot of routines and ways of life have changed completely. Um, 
some of those things have come back, you know, some things have gotten a bit more normal, you know, but a lot of those things are gone forever. They've changed forever. Um, and like I said, as the, the pandemic kind of fades and becomes endemic, right. Uh, you know, we may find ourselves kind of wishing for things to go back to normal, quote unquote, normal, whatever normal is, whatever normal was for a lot of us before before a lot of things changed um you know like i said I, I noticed a lot of things for myself that had changed uh you know just attitudes about things traveling feeling comfortable in crowds um last year i i took a trip to savannah georgia and it was the first time i'd been on a plane since the pandemic and as i was packing and getting ready i realized i had a lot of anxiety over f flying you know renting a car and driving in a city i'd never uh, been in you know navigating new places being around strangers you know um i i didn't realize like wow i i my mind had really changed a lot and adapted to this new reality um my at my company uh a lot of us who were in roles that could work from home work remotely when we weren't able to come into the office um folks are coming back into the office now um and it's taking some adjustment from people because they've really gotten used to it being different, you know? And so there's, there's uh, new ways of thinking, you know, it's not really going back to the way that things were. It's finding a new perspective on doing something right on coming into the office again. And uh, so change is endemic. Speaking of endemic change is endemic, right? It's constant. Um, and a, a movie that I've always enjoyed that I think deals with change in a very interesting way is Castaway. And I might have even mentioned Castaway in a previous talk because, like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, but Castaway is a is a, a Tom Hanks film. If you're not familiar with the plot, brief overview: Tom Hanks plays a, a Chuck Noland who works for FedEx, and one evening he's you know, called very quickly to hop on a FedEx plane. Uh, the plane's caught in a storm, crashes. He spends several years, I think three or five years on an island, um, is finally rescued. And then when he gets back home to all the familiar people and places, it's a very different world. Right. And he, you know, had engaged or he had uh, proposed his girlfriend, his fiance, before he got on the plane. And comes back and thinks briefly, you know, he can reconnect with her. It's, you know, he thought about her so much while he was gone. He's thinking, oh, it's going to be, you know, it'd be great to see her again. But he finds out that she's married and she has kids. And there's a, even a chance where it looks like they may run off together anyway. But he realizes he can't go back. And it's sad, you know, as a viewer for his character, it's very sad. That he can't reclaim that, that that has changed and it's gone on. He can't go back. And, and that desire to go back is a very common thing, right? Especially when change happens very quickly, right? It feel, it gives us a sense of like, man, I didn't have a say in this, right? I wish I could go back. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, we, we think of, uh, say a concept like mourning grieving as something that we do when someone 
who we love dies, but mourning is really something that we do anytime something changes, right? We need to mourn change in our lives to get clear on how we feel about the thing that changed. Um, and, and to be able to move forward, you know, without holding on to sadness or anger, um, proper grief can kind of help us in that regard. It can make us accept the fact that we can't go back to the way that things used to be. Right. And like I said, change is inevitable. And, and uh, in free your mind, you know, uh, Sensei Tony, the Dragonfly Sangha's uh, teacher. Um, wrote about in Free Your Mind, he talked about four kinds of changes that can be particularly disruptive. We called them the four psychic eruptions. Um, eruption being a very, you know, vivid word for, for change that can come into our lives. Just boom, out of the ground. Fire and smoke and ash everywhere. But these four eruptions are, are you know, relationships. This could be a new relationship, you know, maybe a romantic relationship. Could be a new child. You know, very big disruption in life, right? Aging is the second one. Aging of ourselves or aging of those close to us. A lot of change associated with aging. Uh, mortality. When someone close to us dies and we recognize that we won't always be around. Um, or acute depression or anxiety. Finding ourselves in a crisis that gives us a lot of consternation, right? Those four types of eruptions can be very meaningful to us. It can be very mentally violent for us. It can be tough. And when we experience those changes, there can be a desire to want to go back to normal, right? To find balance. It's a very natural, innate thing that our mind does when we're unsettled is to try to go back to find balance, right? And we can find this balance. We can go about looking for this balance in both skillful and unskillful ways. Um, you know, skillfully, we can, you know, think about, all right, you know, what's my path forward? If there's a big change, how do I fit in with this change? How can I contribute? What can I learn? What else is possible? Unskillfully, you know, uh, we can dig in our heels, lash out at people, get you know, resent those who who created the change, right? How dare you, you know, or you're taking this places we don't want to go, right? We get upset. So we can try to reclaim that sense of control or find that sense of balance in both skillful and unskillful ways. Um, you know, for myself, one one uh you know time in my life when i can think going through a lot of change was when my uh, previous company closed a little over 10 years ago um and i'd be lying if i said it it didn't scare me you know company closed there goes my livelihood right there goes my job for the last seven years um and i'll admit i wanted it to stop i wished i could have held on and made the wheels stop turning and like ah man but what I realized is that change actually gave me some new opportunities. Now, some of these, I, I will say, you have to kind of look back and you recognize in retrospect <laughs> that you had this opportunity to, to take skillful action in the face of change. But, uh, 
you know, two two big areas where where uh, I needed to integrate change. One was what would I do for my next career, right? My next role, my next job. Um, I wound up getting a, a new position. It was different, very different from what I'd had before, but much better than what I'd had before. And I was able to apply the things that I'd learned. So new opportunity, despite being there being a lot of change. Um, another one, while I was looking for work, I had a lot of time on my hands, you know, which was a scary thing. What do I do with myself? But the nice thing was I, I recognized that I had time to, to you know, reconnect with hobbies. I read a lot. Um, I, I rode my bike a lot. I was very fortunate that winter that uh, uh, the weather was warm and I could get on my bike pretty early in the year and get out there. Um, watched a lot of Netflix. <laughs> one, one show I reconnected with was, uh, the, the documentary by Ken Burns on the civil war, which is something I remember watching in elementary school, you know, on a big video cassette wheel in the TV and you watch the civil war. And, uh, I was like, boy, I remember this show. I really like this show. And it actually rekindled my interest in, in the Civil War, the American Civil War. And since then, I've taken several trips to battlegrounds around, uh, you know, Virginia and Maryland. And I even have another trip scheduled this year where I want to go to Tennessee and Georgia and, and explore different battlegrounds. So there are new things that can come out of change, right? There are opportunities that can come out of change. One force however that can make it tough for us to move on from change is nostalgia nostalgia can be a very tricky thing when things change and we're looking for balance and we're looking for things to go back to normal we can become nostalgic you know and nostalgia is this affection for the past usually brought on by an association of positive and pleasant emotions with things from, you know, our past. Um, I know a, a relatively recent, I guess it's not that recent anymore, but the, the show Stranger Things, when it came out, um, takes place in the 80s. As a kid who, you know, grew up in the 80s, boy, there was a lot of stuff that I was like, wow, I really, boy, look at, you know, the way the kids dressed, the music, the toys they had, the decor of the houses, the the hobbies you know, all of that, even the font they used in the title card for that show was just waves of nostalgia. <laughs> and I was like, boy, I really like this. Um, you know, it, it makes one, you know, wish one could go back a little bit. Uh, now I'm starting to see more nineties nostalgia. So I'm like, Oh, the nostalgic good times train is kind of it's starting to pass me by. And it's more for the folks who are 10 years younger than I am. They're going to have their moment. Um, but nostalgia can be a very pleasant experience, right? It can give us an opportunity to look back fondly on something that we enjoyed, experience gratitude, maybe a bit of sadness as well. Um, but nostalgia can also be kind of dangerous, right? A little tricky to deal with because it can make us resent the way that things are now. Look at how nice things were back then, you know? kids on bikes instead of everyone with their phone in their hands and their 
you know, vaping and eating Tide Pods, <laughs> all the crazy things. But, you know, look at how nice things used to be. Wasn't it better then? Why can't we go back? Right. And one sort of, you know, a kind of dangerous expression of nostalgia that I've seen in more recent years is this notion of, you know, making America great again. Right. Now, I won't take, you know, political sides in these talks, but but I do sense that there is a big desire, you know, an implied desire to go back signaled by that that notion of let's make America great again. Uh, but going back is impossible. Right. And I, I think opposing thoughts on on that sentiment of making America great again have made a lot of people very upset with each other. Right. It's driven, I think, a lot by nostalgia um, and this sense of uh, didn't things used to be better. Couldn't we go back to the way that things used to be? Um, you know, but here's the thing, like, whether there's, you know, something or a lot of things that, you know, we may not like about the world. Uh, we can't go back to the way that things used to be. You know, we can't make our happiness contingent on things being a certain way because they're always going to change. You know, whether you're here or there or now and then, um, they're always going to change. Even if by some Herculean effort, you're able to get things to be just so the way that you want them to be. It's going to fall apart at some point. <laughs> That's just reality. Right. And it's it's funny is it over the years, I've read a lot of philosophy and, and history, a lot of philosophy and history books behind me because I, I, you know, I studied philosophy in, in undergrad and uh, I love history. And, and one of the funny things that you encounter from a lot of authors, you know, whether it's ancient Greek to, you know, the, the 1700s or books now, you know, the, the common theme is that old people like to complain about how young people are ruining things and how it used to be better back then because we were tougher and and it, we were just better right the only other commonality between all those people who wrote all those things is that they're all dead right and we're all going to be dead someday too and and frankly, I'd rather spend the time between now and then and that eventuality finding my place in in the world, in this new world, learning new things, right? Rather than crossing my arms and refusing to accept that things have changed. So what does this mean for us? Change is inevitable. Nostalgia can be tricky. There are opportunities to move forward from change and maybe do something new. What it means is that we we have the opportunity to, to move forward following change from a place of wholeness. And when we do that, we're integrating the change and the things that have changed. We're accepting the new reality. The opposite of that would be to insist on a state of perfection, which often requires us to reject the change because it conflicts with our notion of what should be, what's perfect, 
what we think is perfect. My wholeness versus perfection. Possible versus impossible. Because life, you know, whether it sometimes pleases us or upsets us, it's the whole shebang. Either way, we can't choose what we get. Fixating on on things being perfect or being just so, it's not realistic. And to go through change skillfully means to do so with an attitude of openness and creativity. What might happen next? Is there an opportunity for something new here? You know, And this moving forward is rebirth. You hear a lot about rebirth in Buddhism. And a lot of times we think about rebirth having something to do with what happens when we die. Right. But rebirth is every moment. Every big change in our lives is an opportunity for rebirth, for walking in a new direction, doing something new and different, experiencing something entirely uh, novel and interesting. And I, I don't want this attitude to be interpreted that we shouldn't feel anything when things change because we will. Right. We can't ignore our emotions. Um, change can be very hard, and it can be very sad when things change. Um, and, you know, the, the way that I like to think about emotions is that emotions are a signal that something we value is being impacted, is being affected. And because of that, we need to take time to investigate those emotions. It's where there's smoke, there's fire, right? We need to know what's burning. And how can I put it out? And how can I not fan those flames to turn into a forest fire? Right? <clears throat> As we need to make sure that we're not grasping on to those emotions and making them our attitudes. You know, installing the alert as a new operating system, so to speak. Because if we do that, we're going to stay stuck in the past. Clinging on to anger. Clinging on to sadness. Sadness. To disappointment. But if we learn to meet change with an attitude of openness and a sense of creativity, you know, we can see change for what it is. And, and that's a sense of rebirth. All right. And, you know, I'll return very briefly to, to Castaway, you know, in this notion of rebirth, because I love Castaway again. <laughs> this won't be the last Dharma talk that I mention it, I'm sure. But. Tom Hanks' character escapes the island that he's on because one day he's looking to build a, a raft to fight against the, the 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 waves that buffet the island. And one day, half of what I think is a portable toilet, you know, with the walls, two of the walls, wash up on his island, and he's like, "This could be a sail. I could turn this into a sail." And he does, and he's able to use that to get his raft out past the the waves, and. He's eventually discovered by a boat and he's brought back home. And as I said, he, he tried briefly to reunite with his fiance. It didn't work. He realized he can't go back to the way life is before the accident. And there's this beautiful monologue that he gives talking to a friend um, after this reception where he's welcomed back by FedEx and, and all of his friends and family. And he says, I got to keep breathing. 
because tomorrow the sun will rise and who knows what the tide could bring. That's rebirth. That's an attitude of rebirth and of welcoming whatever may come into his life. Right. And rebirth is constant. Like I said, it's not something that just happens uh, when, when something big changes or goes away. You know, we'll we'll see rebirth very shortly here in the spring as flowers and leaves come back as the weather warms up. Uh, we experience rebirth when we recognize that we've been changed by something. You know, maybe a lot of us are going through this this change as we come out of the pandemic and realize like, oh, I have been changed. I am different. And that's OK. All right. We experience rebirth when we react differently to something that used to challenge us. Oh, that doesn't bug me anymore. That's rebirth. It's happening constantly. Every moment. Because we're never obligated to act the same way all the time. We are a pattern that can change. To not be reborn is to be stuck. It's to refuse to change and always be looking backwards. And it's okay to sometimes look back, you know, every so often. Uh, but with a sense of gratitude of the way that things used to be and, and thankful for them having gotten you here. But the only way forward is forward, right? We can't go forward by looking backwards. Because like Tom Hanks says, <laughs> you know, we never know what the tide is going to bring into our lives. So I hope that those words are helpful uh, to you and, and whatever change you may be going through. 